I've had enough coffee and we're good to go. Oh, good. Well, yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Jerry and Scarlett show with my wife, Scarlett Mack. And my husband, Jerry McLaughlin. We, we are married. You've known yeah. Our surname, I just realised. Welcome to our house in Glasgow. Yeah, okay. And this week's reviews are... We are talking about Lewis Capaldi's new um, documentary, How I'm Feeling Now. Yeah. And following on from that, we will do... Conor McGregor. Since, since we decided we're going to review uh, Lewis Capaldi, all I can keep thinking of is I was getting used to being. I, I yeah, can't get it yeah. in my head. And then yeah. when we were doing Conor McGregor, all I can all I can say is McGregor forever. <laughs> Which so is really the hard. name of the doc. Yeah, cool. very so good. Yes. The final one is, and the final one is Citadel. Yeah, that's not made me say anything. Anything it's just in particular, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay, so starting with Lewis Capaldi, how I'm feeling now. Yeah. It's so, um, it is how I'm feeling now follows a year in Capaldi's life as he tries to balance his fame with his desire for normalcy while also dealing with the pressure to somehow, uh, to somehow eclipse his wildly successful first album amid increasingly difficult mental health issues. So, yeah, this is a really tricky one, isn't it? Because it's interesting, it started as one thing and became another thing, didn't yeah. it? Started um, as tracking his album. Um, his second album, the difficult second album, yeah, and then ended up being more about his physical and mental health issues. Yeah, I mean, straight off the bat, I was kind of drawn to it because I really, really like uh, Lewis Capaldi, the person mm. he is. He's so interesting. I think he's really endearing. Um, I mean, the story I keep telling everyone was when my brother Kenneth was coming over on the flight from Australia, I'd not seen him for like five years, and uh, Kenneth said he was getting the flight up from London, the connected flight up to Glasgow, and he's sitting on the flight. And he's going, "Is that?" Is that Lewis Capaldi? And then when they were waiting to get the baggages off, he's still looking at him and Lewis Capaldi just looked over at him and went, yeah. <laughs> Which I think you get that tone from in this documentary. You're like, that is just who he is. He's absolutely what you see on the box. Yeah. Except for this other level of um, battling with uh, the mental pressures of what it is he's doing. And then without kind of spoiling the doc, obviously, but it goes to another place, like you're saying, that you don't yeah. expect. You think it's about the pressure of this. Uh-huh. Everyone says and it that is tricky about second the pressure album. of that. But it's interesting. Yeah. You would think all the pressure of that lands in his head. And interestingly, it doesn't. It lands on his body in a physical and it manifests physically as well. And um, so it's really interesting kind of take on, on that. And the pressures also of the pandemic, it covers that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of how... documentaries at the moment are, are covering that time yes. period, aren't they? Because all these yeah. new so it's always a factor, and it, it's a really interesting reminder of it. Mm-hmm. I think the way the documentary is done, it's nice and linear. Like mm-hmm. there's a through line, and not every yeah. documentary, every a lot of documentaries try and be really clever. Some of them mm-hmm. tell a story great because of that. Like um, you know the uh, basketball one. Oh my gosh, uh, the Chicago Bulls about uh, Michael Jordan documentary. Oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, the Last Dance. So like that was fantastic, uh-huh. and it jumped and, and it told the story in a great way. But a lot of them, it can feel really confusing from my mm-hmm. point of view. Mm-hmm. This wasn't like that. It was tracking that simple story, like we're saying, mm-hmm. and then it had this kind of major twist in it. And uh, I just thought it really put him in a good light. It made me concerned for him about the people that are around him. I mean, he's got loads yeah. of good people, yes, as uh-huh. it turns out. Oh, yeah. But and he seems to have a really strong structure, doesn't he, of family and friends. And in fact, a lot of the pandemic footage that. was apparently filmed by his family and friends. Really, right. Which makes a lot of sense when you yeah. see it as well. And, uh, it was it is more than music very industry vulnerable. people that I was like, 
not that they were seem like bad people, but there were folk that are like hanging their hat on getting a hit uh, that they co-write with Lewis Capaldi, uh -huh. and you see the nerves in them, and you're like, that ain't helping him. Like yeah. he's already, I, I think he's a, his voice is incredible. Oh yeah. And I think the way he works and the fact he writes and the person he is, the, the kind of oxymoron of those two things is so captivating to see. Yeah. And I just thought he came across like I, I, I think he's. I'm more in love with them. Yeah. There's very few guys, I think, that marry that incredible level of vulnerability with the actual style yeah. and panache. Um, and I don't think he would call himself stylish or panache, but like, I, I just mean in the sense that he's funny, he's, um, but he also writes, um, self-indulgence not the right word, but like, yeah, he, he really, really goes deep into his own mind and his own yeah, situation. That was always good about the doc as well. Like, and it's um, not self-indulgent. It's, um, what's the word? It's more, yes, yeah, it's, it's showing vulnerability without being self-indulgent. Well, I think it's very impressive. I thought it was, his, it was his process. It showed you like, he just, this is how he writes something. Mm, He's hard yeah, on himself. Was, mm. And it's like, this is how he finds something when he starts to feel an emotion for it, which is why all his songs are like songs of heartbreak and yeah. woe, but also the connection of where they come from and what the, the real bit that it's tagging into and he's not just a comedian. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a really well put together documentary. Really interesting. Uh -huh. uh, a, a really good watch. And really ballsy as well of the producers to let them move from what it is was supposed to be. Like you don't, within TV mm. production, um, it's not super common to be allowed that kind of creative flexibility to start and, and get your funding and your everything in place based on one idea yeah. to then totally abandon that idea and follow a totally different path that just happens to be to work out very well. In this Do you not instance, think in documentaries but... though it's kind of what they're hoping for? They set it out, they've got a tick in the box, we're going to chart Lewis yeah. Capaldi's um, fame and this, this triggering and then it ends up being this other thing altogether. Mm. which I think is really why it's such an interesting documentary. So I mm -hmm. think like they're maybe hoping for that pivot, but whether it happens or not. Yeah, no, I, yeah, well, maybe it is. Maybe they, maybe that was the case, but I don't, yeah, I do think in this, in this situation that the, yeah, the, the producers and the company and stuff do deserve a bit of credit for, yeah, for allowing that pivot to happen and to, to yeah. make it the really interesting doc that it is, because there's lots of these documentaries out there now. And we're going to cover another one. In yeah, a we're going to cover one in a minute. And um, not going to be a one this week. But my, we saved no, it. <laughs> it no, no. Uh, music and redhead heavy. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's. I think that the less creative control that the artists have on the documentary, generally speaking, the better it is. I'm going to throw that out there. Well, yeah. I mean, because do you know what? Coming on to cut. Well, do you know what? Let's do a ratings because I'll pick up yes, on that. Yes, no. uh, we can move on to that for right, the next. So, what's your ratings for that? Then, what are you going to give this one? I'm going to give it a four. And I'm going to give it four as well four s's and four g's mm -hmm. for uh lewis capaldi yeah. how i'm feeling now on netflix uh right next one up is conor mcgregor the notorious no notorious was the first documentary yes i didn't they're not all oh, right okay you're just yeah okay, he's just but that's his name isn't it the yeah notorious. but the first documentary that came out about him i think it's 2017 which was also on netflix was called notorious, was called notorious. Yes, this is yeah. this is uh, mcgregor forever but that was a film wasn't it yeah this yeah. is a one doc yeah four part four special part. yeah so it's following um mcgregor and um his um you know over the last sort of few years from his it doesn't really chart the success it kind of takes over when mm. things start to get a bit rocky and it's more about his kind of climb back mm. you know and hence the, it starts with conor mcgregor in the hospital and his focus on on coming back and mm -hmm. um this is an interesting one. So I think when you're, when you're talking about our do documentaries, good to watch. There's some documentaries that transcend whether you're interested in the sport or whatever. I remember yes. like Senna 
I at the time I like F1 now wasn't interested in particularly in F1 but it was such a great doc oh yeah that was a Fantastic. cracker yeah uh, uh-huh. Blackfish I knew nothing uh-huh. about what was going on you didn't like, you didn't like killer whales but I was never into, into actually that's yeah. true I, I was quite like killer whales into killer whales secretly they're just still a great but a fantastic uh, doc because of the subject matter and the way it's filmed the last dance like I just mentioned yeah. so is McGregor forever up there for, for that well it's interesting because for me it's infinitely better than the notorious documentary yes. mm-hmm. because that one interesting enough that was by I think it was McGregor's production company mm-hmm. they were involved in that and it really painted this picture of the notorious the villain the the superstar that Conor McGregor has become and there's no doubt he is a, a, a phenomenon mm-hmm. you know he's put UFC has had such a rapid growth but he's been at the apex of it and how do you deal with this when things go wrong and this has been a number of years where like he suffered defeats he, mm-hmm. he became fallible he was just invincible and now he's a fallible person who's on the comeback and then COVID has taken a big chunk out of it mm. and that's what this series um, charts what what, were you, what was your take on it because you're not like a UFC I'm not actually a big UFC fan myself but no I, you I, follow it slightly more than I would yeah think. a bit more and I kind of it's hard to avoid you know yeah Conor McGregor story really well I think there was a few things about it that was a bit tricky and that I think four parts was maybe a little bit flabby yeah. I think it could have been covered. Like, for example, the Lewis Capaldi doc was one and a half hour film special. Mm. This is four hours. And, and the 45 around, to 50 minute eps as well. They're, yeah, they're, they're long. long. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and, and it's covering a much shorter time scale. So it's kind of, it does feel, it felt to me a bit flabby. Um, and he, by the way, there's no, nothing no flabby flabber, about Conor McGregor in it. My goodness me. Um, but the actual, um, yeah, I, it just, and also I, I think partly because there's a lot of characters within it that I, I wasn't aware of or particularly interested in because I don't really follow UFC. So it was it was interesting, but it wasn't a, a top pick for me. What I've, what was interesting, I agree with you, is the fact that he clearly didn't have as tight a creative control on this as he did in the previous one. Um, and actually, subsequently, you probably don't know this because you don't follow the celebrity stuff that okay. I do, um, but he has complained in the press that he felt he didn't get enough creative control okay. on this and was a bit put out by it. I don't think it cast and, him in um, a bad light. If no, anything, it doesn't. I, no. I was much more, uh, I had a much more kind of stronger uh, positive vibes towards him off the back of this one than I did in the tour. Yeah. The tour of I came away and I was like, he's just an interesting character. Yeah. Well, so, one, there's a lot more to it the fatherhood stuff and the, the bouncing back everyone can find that really admirable mm. like, no I think there, were, there was that and I think um, he says himself it's you know it's his story and he's he's proud of it and, and that kind of thing but he feels that more attention should have been paid to his business endeavours i.e. during oh. because during that time yeah. his business endeavours have been incredibly successful however I suspect the reason that that bit was sidelined was because that's just going to look like a giant advert yeah. and that's he's Which also he he's wants. also exactly he's also <laughs> clever enough to know that that is what well he's whiskey he I mean that was mentioned in the and fourth was, episode there was a lot of advertising in it like his whiskey got million. mentioned yeah his whiskey got but it also got so mentioned he's... a lot in those four reps you saw him basically every shot of him in yeah. any publicity yeah. he's a savvy businessman everybody knows that I don't think they did need to focus on it so I think they were right not to but he has since said that that he was annoyed that that wasn't kind of highlighted yeah so I wonder if that last and that comes up in the final ep um so i wonder if that was an added edit to make him happy 
um, that they put in that he how so, much money he made. And... I guess it was like the kind of the, the show of like the success and the kind of visionary mm. type part of it. But there, he is an interesting character. And the one thing I felt problem with the documentary itself is there was lots of um, video footage of McGregor in various interviews over whatever time. Mm-hmm. So it didn't have like we were saying about the Lewis Capaldi story, where it was a nice linear story. This one, it felt like there was interviews to establish a current point. And you're like, hold on, was that when he was at top of the world? Is that when he, before he was a champ? Is that after he was a champ? And sometimes they even kind of graded it to kind of make it look like uh, they changed the aspect ratio to yeah. make it look like it was even old, which, you know, yeah. Thunberg, I wouldn't even alive then when yeah. aspect ratio was like that. Uh-huh. So you're like, well, hold on, when's this from? And I found that quite confusing because it's quite important because he seems really up and down. He's like, mm. he's telling himself, yeah. Yeah, a lot of times he's saying the same things. He was bouncing back, I feel great, I feel this, mm. and then he loses and then he's saying the same thing I feel yeah great, I feel... and then until and he gets important. his fight booked he seems like he's he's a wee bit jumpy and then as yeah. soon as a fight gets booked in he's like focused and finds his have finds his feet at that point which is really interesting and i think maybe a bit problematic for the future potentially um i would but... like to have seen a bit more of his relationship with the ufc because obviously it became quite tempestuous because yeah. he was such a star mm. and he has these fights lined up and for some reason, they stopped setting him up fights, you know, during COVID. Mm. Fight Island happened and during yeah. COVID and he didn't get invited to it. And you're like, oh, what was that about? And, I, you know, a lot of it was maybe, was he becoming too big a star? You have seen yeah, survive they, without him. Yeah. I didn't think that got picked up that well. I agree with you. It's probably a bit flat because it felt like some similar thoughts were coming through quite a lot. Yeah. But from the perspective of someone, if you are like into kind of your sports docs and you're into particularly like boxing, fighting mm-hmm. ones, it's really he is an absolute superstar and I feel oh like yeah there's no shadow this this shone a really fair light on him and mm-hmm. double the sides and there's like a load of lovely kind of bits to him and in the bit where he can almost ease off with these competitors and then loses mm-hmm. and then has to get back to the kind of dirty rat kind of part of it you yeah, know and the shouting yeah, yeah. you're like All the, the mindset's brilliant yeah, yeah. And, and the way he trained i mean it's phenomenal the weight cut and stuff when you get to see all of that and it looks brutal so i found it really really interesting but if you're not a i don't think it's a doc just for anyone from, from my point no it's not like the last dance or any of those kind of ones where you can watch as a non-fan of the sport i yeah. think you you can and you'll enjoy it but you won't get a huge amount out of it it's not going to be super duper yeah. life-changingly memorable if you're not a big conor mcgregor fan but i i like but him are, i like him <laughs> yeah and i like him more as a result of watching it yeah so yeah i it, think it would have made a good three yeah maybe four episodes if they were like half hour long but if you're you know if you're going to be a if you're a big fan of it like it's a much better documentary than the previous one i would think it's really good yeah what, what rate would you go for then uh three three i'm gonna go for three and a half i would it four if you're a big fan three if you're not going to think so i think i'll go for three and a half on okay. it as a piece of entertainment i think that was pretty good next up we'll talk about a piece of entertainment cracking link okay so citadel global spy agency citadel has fallen and its agents memories were wiped clean now the powerful syndicate manticore is rising in the void can the citadel agents recollect their past and summon the strength to fight back that is a cheesy synopsis, which fits in very well with this uh, all gun-toting, fun-filled adventure. It sounds a bit like the plot for a new set of kids' action figures, isn't it? Like <laughs> Citadel versus Manticore, like it's like super... Yeah, the, and the, that's what it is. Yes, it's a lot of fun. It's, um, yeah, it's a, 
you, you, you're quite like, like we've got slightly different yes. opinions on this I think uh-huh. right because I don't know if so we ever approached because it. I like the, the Fast there. and the Furious and you don't yes. basically is the way to put this if you like the Fast and the Furious <laughs> <laughs> and you can take your brain out and just really enjoy something um, then you will enjoy it oh, I can take my brain out and enjoy some stuff but it's got to be consistent for me um, the cast are great and the action's great mm. and it looks amazing um, Richard Madden stubble things like that. I get I get over hyper focused on so, stuff like so he's stubble. I mean the plot is also basically the same as the Born Identity. Yes, yeah, he is. Yeah. You know, super agent. Something mm-hmm. happens. He loses his memory. They're both super agents. Yeah, yeah, but like yeah. it's the same as Born Identity. He's forgot. He doesn't know who he is, but he knows he can run it. But Born Identity doesn't have a female co-star. Oh no, you're right. They're completely on, different. That's, that's on the, the same level of money as him, and is a huge Indian star. Oh, you're right. It's massively different. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing that gets me is like Richard Madden's character wakes up, doesn't know who he is, but has tremendous stubble and a physique to yeah. die for. He's like, no, oh, maybe I'm a brickie. And you know what? I think <laughs> like, I think the producers think that by casting Richard Madden they're getting the women in Priyanka is getting the women in oh, like, really? yeah. oh everybody loves her yeah uh-huh um, so, I think yeah, Richard so, Madden's getting the guys in you look uh, but then maybe it? that's what it is then yeah we'll so it's yeah so it stars Priyanka Chopra Jones and Richard Madden also known from Game of Thrones of yeah. course Stanley uh, amongst many other things well, and yeah. yes Leslie Manville and Stanley Tucci add to the big star yeah. um, big stars in this but um, it was exec produced by the Russo brothers who are responsible for lots of the Avengers um, and Grey Man which was a, um, a series, wasn't it, that came out, um, another Amazon one. Uh, the show's budget was apparently 300 million close to. It's quite expensive. Second it? most expensive series ever, next to the Lord of the Rings one, uh, which is uh, The Rings of Power. Um, and it's a it's a hugely ambitious project. I really like this part wow. of it. That um, I mean, I'll explain why those costs are in a second, because that was not what it was supposed to be, and will explain a lot of what you've just said. Okay. So come back to that, earmark that. Um, but this is a very ambitious project in terms of the scale and the reach because it's the first global series that's that was launched with spin-offs um attached at the same time what do you mean? and so they're launching spin-offs in various different languages across the world so there's going to be spin-offs that are going to happen in italy in let me check mexico india and spain and um and what they're they're going to establish basically a massive spy universe okay. um and they're all going to interlink and but they'll be interlinking in different languages and they'll be showing how these things kind of affect these different areas in different ways. Oh, that's so it's fun. really cool. I mean, that feels like that should have happened before. It does, yeah. It's um, just the style in which it's done is like, for me, it is so, um, it, that's not a gritty version of that. Do you know what I mean? No. Like if, keep coming back to the Born Identity, but if the, the Born Identity could have done that, it would have been mm. kind of like a bit kind of gritty. I mean, it's still over the top kind of action sequence but this is pure glamour, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's, it's very glamorous. Everyone looks gorgeous. It's bright, vibrant colours. The action sequences are brilliant. It's really entertaining. Mm-hmm. It looks... There's the set piece, really exciting set pieces and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I wonder if maybe this initial idea that I'm talking about just now, this kind of massive expansion, essentially franchise situation, was maybe the start point and then it slightly veered off. Well, I guess a bit um, silly, doesn't it? There's yeah, to make it silly. Yeah. So the um, Sorry, my yeah, brain the, back in again. The, the Indian version there is also in. expected to connect to existing spy universes of shows that already exist in India, right. which is mad as well. It's so cool. So there's two shows I think called Family Man and Farsi, and I think it's going to link into their universes. So that will take it to a huge audience. So yeah. I think this one, like we said, has has ever so slightly struggled to find its feet, partly because 
The problems with it began um, when the original showrunner, who's called Josh Applebaum, he exited the programme over creative differences. Basically, the Russo brothers, I think, perhaps got I think I'll quite like, what heavily... Was Josh, Applebaum? Josh Applebaum. I think me and um, Josh Applebaum could have a good whinge and chat together. I suspect so, yeah. because what's happened is that I think um, from what the gossip appears to be online and stuff is that the Russo brothers have taken quite a lot of control um, back. So he's re- he's shot a lot of it in 2021. Um, and then the Russo brothers have taken back. And they've done their own edit. Oof, Bear in mind, ouch. they're producers. They're not the director or the showrunner. He's done his own edit. Oof. And then basically um, Amazon had to choose oh, between the two <laughs> and decided to choose to follow the Russo brothers because they have um, obviously got a lot of success prior with the Avengers Falling, and things like yeah. that. And and the Avengers is a franchise. So I guess they felt that this massive um, sort of global thing that they're putting together would fall under the sort of size and um, thing of a, an Avengers style situation. So anyway, they decided to go with the Russo brothers and appoint somebody else as a showrunner. Um, and David Vial, or Veal, um, creator of Amazon's Hunters, mm-hmm. he was brought on in to replace um, wow. Josh Applebaum. That, so, that kind of nails what my problem is with it. Bear with me. Yeah. So what happened is that then they had to do massive reshoots mm. and they lost a lot of it. And basically it was initially supposed to be eight hour long episodes. Right. And when they did the reshoots and put it on, patched it all back together, they only managed to get six episodes of less wow. than most of them are about we 40, say we're 40 minutes at, we're only at, we've just finished episode four yeah. yeah so there's six episodes of about 40 minutes now right. so and generally speaking i'm quite a fan of a short um a short show however with action and with uh, something that's determined to be as ambitious as this mm. that's not long enough mm. to get the detail of um you know a big spy drama they tend to be they tend to be hour long shows and they tend to be really really detailed and this is just a little bit lacking in that that being said i do think this is going to pick up and become a really big thing and um i do think that this is sort of um early these early issues will get ironed out because a they amazon are putting in a lot of money into this this is a new flagship show they've already done uh they've already given green lick season two mm-hmm. so that's already definitely well, going. Really, well yeah after got, spending that amount of money. global yeah so um yeah so I think, for me i think like it's an ambitious idea i love that like that's more exciting than the actual show yes like, down, unfortunately uh-huh. like in like the that was my vibe for it. It feels like a Marvel universe. It feels like they're trying to get a Marvel universe out mm-hmm. of it. And there yeah. already is. There's already plenty of stuff that does that. There's Marvel, there's DC. And you're like, if you were going to do this and it's something different, then wouldn't it be great if it was like Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy, or like one of the more kind of mm. grittier things? Yeah. Something that felt a wee bit realistic. And you're like, oh my God, this is going on in different countries. That would feel a bit more exciting to me than this kind of but show busy, take your brain out. Um, having said that, for Mass what market. it is, yeah, yeah, for what it is, like that mm-hmm. is great fun, you know, yeah. and, like, and the cast are cracking in it, and like the direction's brilliant, the action's brilliant. I just feel it is a wee bit too brain outy for, you know, like for example, you lose your memory, but you do know to keep your stubble absolutely smashing. And, well, I mean, and Bond has worked, <laughs> worked for Bond over the years, hasn't it? I mean, if you're talking about glamorous spy sort of franchises, yeah, Bond has always been fairly glamorous. Yeah, yeah, okay, a bit, yeah. I don't know. That, that was my issue with it anyway. Yeah. I think, look, it, it's really good. Fun. Should we do our ratings on it anyway? Okay, yes. Uh, okay. yes. What, what are you going for then? What did I say I was going for? So three and a <laughs> half. Three and a half. <laughs> three and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go for three on it for the Citadel. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that might sort of yeah. change. We've got and two I, episodes I to go in all fairness in it. You heard it here first. It's going to be huge. Yeah, it's, okay. <laughs> it's 
Scarlett's backing it up. I am hanging my hat on that one. <laughs> right, next week, what are we looking for next week then? So, we are looking at... Uh, Bombs is the first Bombs. one. BBC. Yeah, it's an iPlayer and obviously our pal Warren's in that one so we're looking forward to that it's been getting some great that. great reviews check that out on iPlayer now yeah and then Air with uh, our other pal Ben Affleck <laughs> yeah Ben Affleck our buddies in that about the Air Jordan trainer story on the uh-huh. Disney crossover yeah. we talking about Michael Jordan oh a lot. yeah yeah true yeah. Um, and Operation Fortune uh, which is the Guy, guy Ritchie. Ritchie well one of the Guy Ritchie ones out at the moment we may look at the Covenant as well in the future but this one we're talking Operation Fortune it does have another part of the name which we will yeah but that'll yeah, well, yeah, well, well, that'll come. <laughs> Great, look, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you again next week. Bye.